All right, good morning. Hey, are y'all ready to dive into the Word today? Yeah. yeah. Are we awake and ready? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Everyone watching online, hey, thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, we appreciate you doing that. Take a second, if you would, and hit that like button and that share button so that we can get this message out and reach as many people as we possibly can for Jesus, because that's what it's all about. Amen? Hey, it's good to see you guys again. I missed you last week. I missed you last week. I got attacked by a nasty stomach virus. And man, I tell you, of all Sundays to have to be sick on to miss Resurrection Sunday, that stinks. Um, but it's cool to see God work, though. You know, pastor doesn't always have to be here for God to do powerful stuff in a church. You have amazing staff and leadership here at this church. You know that, right? I want to give a big thank you to Pastor Rachel, Pastor Jeremy, uh, Pastor Kelly, for everyone that, that stepped up and made last week happen. Um, a lot of crazy stuff going on. And, and uh, I tell you what, we had you know, a guest that had a medical emergency last week. And um, in the process of that, her pulse stopped twice. Twice now. That's crazy. But we had a big celebration, though, because on the day that we, are we were celebrating Jesus being resurrected from the dead, she came back twice and is doing great right now. So praise God for that. Um, yeah, it's really good to see God moving in people's lives. I love that. And uh, wish that I could have been here, but I'm so excited. I've, I've heard nothing but good reports from last week and everything that the Lord did. And I'm so glad that you guys are here with us today. Men, let me, let me throw this out here. Uh, camping trip is this week. Oh, my Lord. See, this happens all the time. Watch this. Hey, ladies, women of Valor's tomorrow night. See, guys, we're getting shown up. We need to step up here. Men, camping trip is this week. There it is. Hey, if you haven't made plans to be there, uh, you still got time. Listen, this is a free event that uh, you can just jump in on at any time. Uh, you can invite a friend. You can bring your son if you want to. Just come hang out. It's going to be amazing. There's an information meeting for this camping trip right after service today. This section right here, grab a seat, and I'll run through some information with you, where we're going, what to expect, and all that stuff. So if you haven't put on your calendar yet to be there, you still got time to jump in on this. If you're watching online, hey, just drop a note in the comment and say, I want to go, and we'll get you the information so you can still participate in the camping trip. It's going to be awesome. Guys, it's a chance for us to get away from it all Oh, let me say that again. It's a chance for us to get away from it all and just hang out with uh, some good buddies, do some fishing, sit around the campfire, eat some good food. You know there's going to be some good groceries there. We're going to eat good. We're going to have a blast. So uh, don't miss out on that. You still got time. Information meeting after service today. I want to go ahead and dive into this message, though. Whew. Man, oh, man, oh, man. It's a beautiful spring afternoon in a small town out in the country. Panic hit the town because the church had caught on fire. 
And everybody gathered around the church and said, what are we going to do? So they started getting buckets of water and dragging out hoses because they didn't have a fire department in the small town. So they were doing the best that they could to put this fire out. And off in the distance, they heard a horn. And they looked, and it was Farmer Fred and his family driving into town in the pickup truck. He had all 10 of his children and his wife in the truck with him. Flying into town, swerved, honking the horn, and barely missed the crowd that had lined up outside of the church. Ran right up into the middle of the church through the front doors, and all of them jumped out of the truck and started stomping at the fire and swatting at the fire and slapping at the fire. And after about 10 or 15 minutes, they had put the fire completely out, all 12 of them working together. And the town celebrated. Now, look what they did. They saved the church building. This is awesome. So they passed the hat around and took up a collection. And the hat was full to the top with money. And the mayor of the city walked over to Farmer Fred and said, Here you go, Farmer Fred, from a grateful town. Thank you for saving our church building. And everybody clapped, and it was awesome. And Farmer Fred took a bow, and his kids took a bow. And the mayor looked at him and said, I got to know. What are you guys going to do with all this money that we collected for you? And Farmer Fred looked at him and said, Well, I tell you, first thing I'm going to do is fix the brakes on my truck. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been through a season of life where you saw a disaster on the horizon and you honked and you swerved and you did everything that you could, but it didn't matter. You just ran right up into the middle of it. Yeah, I have plenty of time. Sometimes life can be like that. Sometimes life can be like that. Sometimes we're going to go through storms. We go through troubles. And in this world, we face a lot of that. And a big part of why Jesus came was to empower us to be able to not just survive it, but to overcome the issues that we face in life. In Isaiah chapter 61, starting at verse 1, you got your tablets or your devices. Um, all the notes for today's message are on uh, the YouVersion Bible app, so you can hop on there and follow along as well. We'll put the scriptures on the screen for you. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. You know, when Jesus was reading this sometime later in the temple, it was a powerful moment because Jesus was revealing to the people there who he was and what he had come to do. When they read scripture in the temple, they did it on a rotating basis, meaning they would start at the beginning, and each uh, rabbi or teacher in the temple would take turns reading a selected passage of scripture, and it would just go on through the year. And so they would start at the beginning, and every week they would read, or every day they would read certain pre-selected sections of scripture. How amazing is it? that on the day Jesus decided to walk into the temple and pick up the scrolls to read, this passage of Scripture was the one set and ready for him to read when he got there. God's got a plan. Amen? It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn 
that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Amen. Amen. What a promise that we have from Scripture. To know that God has the ability to take what we face in life and turn it to the good, that he works for the good, the Bible says. He works in all things for the good to those who love him. What a powerful promise we have in Scripture. That Now, there are promises in the Bible, and then there are lies that we have made up about the Bible. Have you ever heard one of those too-good-to-be-true stories told in church? I'll give you one. How about this one? Um, how about all your problems go away because of Jesus? Some of y'all are laughing because you've lived enough life. You know, that's one of the biggest lies told in churches today. All your problems go away because of Jesus. Baloney. 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 And we sell people this bag of goods sometimes. We'll say, listen, if you will just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he will, he will change your heart. He will change your life. You'll walk under the blessing of God. You'll walk under the favor of God. And that is true. But you'll never have the issues like you had before. Not true. Not true. I got news for you. If you had bad breath before you got saved... You're probably going to have bad breath after you get saved. If your feet stank before you get saved, they're going to be smelly after you get saved. Because what he does, he does on the inside of us. Amen? Changes it on the inside out. I got so frustrated and aggravated in my walk with God earlier on because I, I expected something that was unrealistic. I was sold something that wasn't true. And they oversold the gospel to try to get me to jump on board. Listen, you don't have to oversell Jesus. He is more than enough in and of himself. Okay? You can take, you don't have to put any icing on that cake. It's good enough. It is good enough by himself. He's good enough by himself. It's one of the biggest lies that, that we've told people is that once you get Jesus, you don't have any more trouble in life. And Jesus himself even said that wasn't true. In John 16, he said this. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Everyone say peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Everyone say trouble. trouble. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love, one of the things I love about Jesus is that he just shoots straight. He doesn't try to pretty things up. He goes, hey, listen. You're going to have my peace, and you're going to need my peace, okay? Because you're going to face a lot of junk in this world. Don't worry, though. I've overcome this world. So you've got something great to look forward to on the other side of this life. But while you're here, you're going to need my peace to walk it out because all hell is going to break loose some of the days that you're here. That's what he said. It's amazing. And we think trouble in big terms. Like, I don't have to tell you that the world is full of trouble right now. How many of y'all paid attention to inflation? 
Yeah, I've got a little photo up here I'm going to show you. Y'all seen the stories, inflation's up 8.5% in March, and it's a little bit higher now than it was. There's a lot of contributing factors that are making that happen, but the bottom line is stuff costs more than it used to. Go to Home Depot and try to buy a two-by-four. Okay, if you pass the credit check on the way into Home Depot, you can buy a two-by-four. It is crazy Man, and, and, and it's not just inflation. Think about how high gas is right now. Insane. I told my kids, y'all better make good grades. Because if these gas prices don't go down, the only shot you got at going to college is getting a scholarship. Because your college tuition is going into the gas tank to pay the bills. And all it, it is crazy how expensive Gas has become, and it puts pressure on other things because now we're choosing. Do we, do we go out on a ride, or do we stay at home? Are we road tripping this weekend, or are we going to stay home? Well, it'd be nice to road trip. It'd also be nice to eat. And since everything is so expensive now, now it's gas price and higher stuff. It's insane. Go check the price of a box of Cheerios right now. Cheerios. There's nothing cheery about the O's right now. It's really not. It's, it should be cost money O's. Is what it is. It's insane. Insane. And then dominating the headlines through all of this stuff, you have unrest in the world because of what's happening in the Ukraine. A very serious situation that's causing a lot of instability globally and uh, just goes to show Listen, as good as we think we've got things under control, we really don't have things under control. We really don't. It just takes a little bit of imbalance to, to cause a lot of chaos in the world. There's a lot of trouble in the world. But that's big picture trouble. And we can see that. And it's like, it's like a big tornado or thunderstorm. They're really nice to watch off in the distance, and you can appreciate them. But it's completely different when it's right over the top of your house. Wow, that's a cool tornado. That changes to, oh my gosh, it's a tornado. Yeah, when trouble is right over you, completely different scenario. And a lot of the questions that a lot of us have when trouble hits in our lives is a three-letter word, W-H-Y. Why? Why is this happening? You ever ask that question, why is this happening? Well, I know I have. I have some crazy stuff happen to me in my life, and I've often asked why. The reason why we ask why is because we, there, there's a part of us that needs to understand that because we feel like we need to be in control of the situation. And understanding why we're going through the trouble gives us the facade or the illusion that we are in somehow control of what's happening because we understand the process and the outcome. And I'm here to tell you that there are just some scenarios in life that you will not understand the process or the outcome on the other side of it. Sometimes why is an unanswered question this side of eternity. And some people just can't come to terms with that, and it causes a lot of issues in our walk with God. It causes doubt. It causes frustration. It causes confusion, you know, and, and I want to set you free from some of that today and take a walk through the Bible and help us land on some solid ground. When you're going through this stuff, we're going to fill in some blanks and help give perspective 
on some of this stuff so that we can stand on solid ground even going through uncertain times, especially when that storm is right over our house. So why does this stuff happen? Are you ready? Here's a big reason why we go through trouble in life, because we cause it. We cause it. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you cause a lot of that stuff. Yeah, we, we cause a lot of our own problems. We absolutely, I know I have in the past, man, whether I've done something in emo, in, in, out of emotion or anger or in the moment, just making a bad call, you know, buying something on impulse that I wanted but I didn't need, and now two years later I'm still paying for it. Have y'all ever been? We cause our own problems sometimes in life, and there's nobody to blame but us. Nobody, I, I don't even have to ask for a show of hands and say, hey, has there ever been a time that you wish you could go back to and undo a decision that you made that caused a lot of heartache and headache and trouble in your life? We would be like two hands up and two feet up in the air yeah, because we have all been there. And we kind of get that. We kind of get that because there's an unspoken principle in life. Um, sometimes there's trouble in your life because we're dumb and we make bad decisions. Can we just say that? Yeah. Say it with a little bit of freedom. Say, hey, we're dumb. There it is. And we make bad decisions. Sometimes. sometimes not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes. Some of y'all said that looking at the person next to you. <laughs> so there's a little bit more there. We can resolve that. I do marriage counseling for a mere $750 an hour. I will help you out. So far, that's worked. I haven't had a lot of people call for wanting marriage counseling tour. So, success. Um, how to keep yourself free to do ministry and not be locked in an office counseling people. Charge a lot of money. I would never charge 750 bucks. Hang on, let me fix that. I probably, <laughs> most often would, no, I'm kidding. No, I, I wouldn't do that to you. We cause a lot of our problems though, ourselves. I think another reason that we kind of understand in part is that we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. When I say that, I mean we live in a world that is cursed or under the curse of sin and under the consequence of sin. Sickness, disease, uh, all of that stuff in this world because of or as a consequence of sin. We live in a fallen world. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they opened up the door to all the junk that we've got to deal with today. Thank you a lot, Adam and Eve. We appreciate that. Appreciate that. I always joke and say, we, make it all, we all make it to heaven. If they made it to heaven, they're going to be the two kids on the playground nobody wants to play with. You know what I mean? I say, really? Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. They go through all this junk. You pay taxes right now because of Adam and Eve. Good Lord. Thanks a lot, guys. Crazy. We live in a fallen world. Well, a lot of times we get confused with this. We think Jesus dying on the cross, paying for the sin of all the world, washes away all the consequences of sin from the world. And that is not true. He does not do that. When Jesus died on the cross, he did die once for all sin, for all mankind, for all time. But he did not undo the curse of sin on this earth. 
See, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's a work that happens internally in you. The Holy Spirit breathes breath on your spirit. It comes back to life. And the Bible says that you are free from sin. Listen to me. It is biblically incorrect for a Christian to say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you used to be a sinner. You have been saved by grace, and now you are free from sin and have authority over sin and the ability to choose to not sin. Okay, before Jesus, you didn't have any of that. After Jesus, you do. Okay, so he does this work individually in us, but the sin is still present in the world. Every person that is born, there's a person born, there's a person born, cute little babies born into sin. Born into sin, a slave to sin. If Jesus is not Lord and Savior of your life, you are still a slave to sin, spiritually dead on the inside. That's why sin is still present in the earth. That's why the curse of sin is still present on the earth. That's why the consequences of that curse are still present on the earth. So Jesus sets you free from it, but the consequences of it are still on the earth. You see? That's why you can love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and be free from sin, but still be on this cursed planet and have to deal with a stomach virus on Easter Sunday and be in bed when your church is celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Okay? That's not fair, but Jesus never said it would be fair. He said, I'd be with you even in the bed when you didn't have strength to get out of it. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations on what God will do for us. He doesn't snatch us out of this world. He says, you're going to have trouble in this world because this world has fallen. But I'm going to give you my peace to navigate through it. And I'm going to give you the hope to know that I've overcome it. And I'm waiting for you on the other side of this facade that we get so caught up in called life. On the other side of it, real life begins in what's called eternity. So Jesus gave us great perspective in that. And I think the, the third reason that we face trouble in our lives is one that none of us really like. Like We can accept us making mistakes. We can accept the fact that the world is just jacked up and in trouble. But the decisions and actions of others... That's different. The decisions and the actions of others. Completely different thing. Now it's not me. Now it's not abstract. Now it's personal. Now it's you letting me down. Now it's problems between you and me. Now it's a decision that you make impacting my life. And I've got to navigate through that. And understand that people have the free will to choose what they want to do with their lives. You understand there would be no point in Jesus dying if we did not have the free will to choose to accept what he did. You understand that? So free will doesn't go away there. We still have the free will to choose, and sometimes our free will to choose results in a negative impact on other people. I'll show you. There are people in Washington today that are making decisions that are going to have a negative impact on your life. It's called taxes. Whew, good gravy. Sometimes this is a harder pill to swallow, though. 
because there's a face connected to the trouble that we deal with in life. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of a woman named Ramona Pearson? Probably very few of you. Ramona Pearson. I brought a picture of her to show you. This is what Ramona Pearson looks like. Ramona Pearson is a Marine. Um, excellent mathematician. Decided to go out for a run one day with her dog. Was running, and what she did not realize was that on the other side of town, there was someone in a bar who had had too much to drink, who grabbed their keys and walked out to their car, no one stopping them, started that vehicle, and tried to drive home drunk. Ramona literally collided with this person. To say that they hit her is an understatement. Plowed over her is probably more accurate. 115 bones were broken in her body. 115. Okay, Her aorta was severed on impact. She suffered severe head trauma and brain trauma. And if it wasn't for the quick action of people on the scene, she would have bled out and died. They kept her alive. They got her in the ambulance not really knowing what to do. They just kept her alive till they got to the hospital, and they really didn't know what to do with her in the shape that she was in. So they packed her in ice, put her in a medically-induced coma, and there she sat for 18 months. 18 months after having the surgeries to repair what they could repair, 50-plus surgeries it took. 18 months later, she woke up in a hospital bed. She wasn't supposed to wake up, but she woke up weighing 64 pounds. That's basically her bones and the, the steel rods holding the bones together. 64 pounds. She was blind because of the trauma to her head. She decided, well, I can stay in this bed or I can try to get up and do something. She chose to get up and do something. So months and months turned into over a year of physical therapy to learn how to walk again, to learn how to talk again, reading Braille, navigating around. She got to where she could walk. She said, if I can walk, I can run. So she taught herself how to run again. She participated in the Special Olympics and won several awards running races as a blind woman. Three experimental surgeries later, she regains her sight. Yeah. And she says, you know what? I can walk, I can run, I can talk, I can see now. I'm just going to move on with life. So she furthers her education. She gets a master's in education. And then she goes on to get a PhD. A PhD in neuroscience. She goes on to make groundbreaking improvements to MRIs so that soldiers who receive head trauma 
in the line of duty can receive better care than they would have. She's made a huge impact on the on the world, and now here's another picture of her. She travels around. She does TED Talks and public speaking and motivational talks, and, and, and she goes and, and visits vets and talks to them and tells her story, and she says, you don't have to give up because I didn't give up. It wasn't fair what happened to me, but I made the most of it, and if I can come back from a tragedy in my life, you can come back from where you are too. What a powerful story. What a powerful story. And this makes perfect sense to us because we have the cause and we can see the result. Like, we, we understand that someone did this to her. It wasn't her fault. But she goes around teaching, forgiving, healing, and moving on with life. There's a beautiful bow on the end of this story, and that doesn't always happen, though, in life, does it? Like, last week, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, okay? And we understood that for the resurrection to take place, first there had to be a crucifixion. There's a little graph I'm going to put up here for you. So you got to have a crucifixion in order to have a resurrection. That makes sense. We understand that. There's a bow on that. We know that Jesus got beaten. He was ripped apart by a cat of nine tails. He was nailed to a cross. He was humiliated. He died a brutal death. But we know that three days later, he rose from the dead. So it's all okay. It's all okay because we have the perspective of knowing the entire story. Sometimes in life, we don't have the perspective of understanding the entire story. And this is what derails people so often. It's not the crucifixion or the event. It's not even the hope of the resurrection. It's the gap in between the three days or that period of time that it takes for us to get from where we are to where we hope to be. From the initial incident to the person that hurt us, the person that betrayed us, the job that we lost, the marriage that fell apart, and God moving to put a beautiful ending to the story on the other side because we know that he works in all things for the good of those who love him. That makes great preaching unless you're caught in that gap. Have you ever been in that gap before? Oh, my Lord, I have camped out in this gap before. It is insane. And, and, and here's where we try to speculate a little. Have you ever tried to speculate a little bit in the middle of a situation and try to figure out what God was doing through it? Well, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I trust God. I think maybe he's doing this to teach me humility. We think. Because we feel like if we understand why we're going through something, it gives us the illusion of control over what's happening in life. And I'm going to say it again. We have very little control over what's happening in our lives. We don't like that. It's like this old story, um, old story of a guy who had a horse. Horse kicks down the stable that it's in and runs away. His neighbor comes over and goes, oh, what horrible luck. The only horse that you had ran away. You must have done something for God to judge you. 
to lose your only horse. And the guy said, what do I know about such things? A couple of days later, his horse comes back. And with it are 20 other wild horses. A neighbor comes over and says, oh, what a blessing. This is amazing. Your lost horses come home, and now you've got 20 more horses. What a blessing from God. He used this to bless you. And the man said, "Ah, what do I know about whether or not God's blessing through this or not? Later that week, the man's son is trying to break the new horses that have come in. One of the horses bucks the boy off of the horse, and he breaks his leg when he hits the ground. The neighbor comes over and goes, oh, what bad luck. This is horrible. All these horses came only for your son's leg to be broken. This is terrible. This is terrible. How would God judge you like this? And the man said, who am I to know whether God is judging or not? Two weeks later, a bunch of bandits come into the village, and they're taking the eldest son from every family by force to join their gang. They get to the man's son and see that he has a broken leg, and they say, well, we can't use you. We'll leave you alone. And they move on to the next village. The neighbor comes over and goes, oh, what a blessing from God. Who knew that those new horses would break your son's leg to keep him from being used in that gang? You would have never seen your son again if he had not had a broken leg. This is God at work in his life. And the man said, who am I to understand the happenings of life? It's just my job to trust the Lord one day at a time. See, just that one little scenario, you see how many different, how many different angles you can look at life from and how many assumptions you can make and, and, and how quick we can be to try to fill in that blank to get some kind of justification of what's happening because we want to know why in a scenario when the fact of the matter is this. We're in very little control over what happens on this side of eternity. And maybe a better course of wisdom is to wait and just trust in the Lord and not try to fill in all the blanks and just know that when we stand before Him and all things are known to us, like Scripture says, we will understand having gained the perspective of the eternal God that has created us. Amen? Amen? Well, why does this? We assume too much. And some of us assume too much about other people. Well, they're going through this because do you really know that? Do you really know that? See, the frustration is that we get caught up in these scenarios and we don't understand why. And we get aggravated. Eric, can you help me out here for a second? So you go through a tough season. Come on up here, stand right there. You go through a tough season, and then somebody you trust hurts you. Well, God, why would you allow this to happen to me now of all times? Now of all times, why would you allow this to happen to me? And so we go through, let me see here. There we go. So Eric is hurt now. He's hurt. Now, What we do 
a lot of times is we cover this up and we say we're okay. Now the wound is covered up, right? Now, when things in life happen to us, what is the only source of healing for the wounds that lie creates in us? The only source of healing is the healing work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It comes with the power of forgiveness and releasing that. Only then can God heal. Listen, God can't heal. God can't heal an offense that you have not forgiven the person over. He will not do it. So, now Eric's hurt. This one goes unhealed. Now, Eric's just overly sensitive now. Have you ever been around someone that's overly sensitive? Anything that happens, oh, you're hamming it up good. <laughs> Anything that happens now is going to be an issue. I know, right? It just keeps on going. So it started out with a little wound here, but now Eric is offended man over everything. Anything anybody says, anything anybody does, Eric and I have a misunderstanding, okay? Maybe I say something that he takes the wrong way or that something happens in the church that he doesn't have all the information regarding, and so he makes an assumption in the wrong direction, but whatever the scenario is, now Eric's got hurt from something that's happened in church. Okay? Now, yeah, yeah, I'm leaving. Boy, famous words right there. I'm leaving. Do you know, do you know how very few reasons there actually are for biblically leaving a church? And most people in this country storm out of the doors of churches for none of those reasons at all. None of them. A lot of this stuff could easily be resolved with a conversation. So now Eric's hurt. Anything that happens now in any church that Eric ever goes to for the rest of his life is going to leave him offended and hurt. Listen, if you're hanging out with somebody that says, well, I've had issues with the leadership in the church that I was previously in, dig a little bit deeper. I bet you they had issues with the leadership in the church before that and the one in the church before that. And now they're living it out now. Because unresolved issues do not heal. You've got to work through them. And what happens is this. When we go through these seasons of life and we don't get the answer that we want to fill in the blank for the season that we're walking through to let us know why it's happening or what's going on, we don't get that information. What happens too often than not, is that instead of allowing God to create a testimony out of what's happening, we allow it to become our identity. And we lose sight of the big picture. You know how many earths can fit inside of the sun? Over a million. Over a million of our planet can fit inside of the sun. That's how big the sun is. But if you walk outside today and you take your thumb and you get it just right, you can block out that huge sun with your little thumb because of your perspective. Sometimes we get in a place in life where all we can see is the offense. 
where all we can see is the pastor that hurt us, where all we can see is the dad that abused us, where all we can see is the spouse that left us, all we can see is the person that beat us, and every person falls into the perspective of that. Yet you can't, you can't even see anybody for how they are now because of that one person that did what they did then. Or that one thing that you went through that you don't have the answer for, you put everything through that filter today. And instead of it becoming a testimony, it becomes your identity. You know what's crazy too? I can stand up here and I can crush all your heads just by doing that right there. Crush you guys online. Crush, 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 crush. Just by where I am in my perspective. It's amazing. It's amazing how where we're positioned can affect what we see in life. Did you crush me behind my head? This is what hurt people do. So what happens eventually when our perspective is off? Yep. Instead of walking around wounded, And this is the game that the enemy plays. Is that we eventually become bound to the hurt and to our past and to our perspective. And it officially becomes our identity. God never intended for any of this to happen. Okay? We most often allow this to happen ourselves. Because we do not put into practice the biblical principles that God has given us. Because we do not forgive. Because we do not trust. Well, I trust God. Okay, then why are you wearing yourself out trying to solve all the stuff happening in your life right now instead of being still and letting him be God? We find ourselves bound up. And this is what we look like. And quite often, it's what we feel like. Can't make any headway. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus can set us free from all of this junk. He can set us free from all of it. He can set us free from all of it. And he can heal us from all of it. He can heal us from all of it. It doesn't mean that we are not going to go through it. I want you to hear me, okay? It doesn't mean that we're not going to go through it. It doesn't mean that people are not going to let you down. It doesn't mean that someone in spiritual authority isn't going to make a mistake. But this is what I would say. Don't confuse someone's mistake for God's heart towards you. It is not the same. People are frail. People will make mistakes, but God will never fail you. Don't turn your back on God because of something someone did. Don't do it. Don't do it. Give Eric a hand for helping us out this morning. Here's the big takeaway. I want you to remember this when stuff isn't going the way that you want it to. We know God loves us because Jesus died for us, not because things go how we want. We know God loves us because Jesus died for us, not because things go how we want. Now, that's grown up right there. 
That is grown up. Because I want God to shower me with blessings. I want to forget about the book of James. It says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I'd rather have God put me on a rainbow unicorn and stake me straight up to heaven. I'm just telling you. That's the Jesus I want right there. And he said, no, you're going to have to experience a little bit of life so that you can mature. So that you can mature through the process. Wow. That, that's amazing that God expects us to approach life from a mature perspective. Trusting in him. Even with the things that we don't understand. Amazing to me. John 16, 33. Again, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Everyone say peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Everyone say trouble. It says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You're going to face this stuff. But don't worry. I'm going to give you the peace that you need. You know that God moves at the pace of peace. You can go through the storms of life and nothing can be under your control. And you can still operate in peace because you understand whose control it's under. And I know that if God and all things is working for my good because I love him, then I don't need to know why. I just need to know him. He is enough. He is enough. He is enough for the peace to go through the storms of life. He is enough to heal the wounds of life. He is enough to restore what the enemy has tried to destroy in our lives. He is enough. He is enough today to remind you of the calling that he has on your life. To silence the lies of the enemy that says that you've wasted too much time. That you've wasted too many opportunities. And I'm here to tell you that if you're still breathing, then God's not done with you yet. It all lands on Jesus. Is he enough? See, most of the time, our problem with life isn't with the things that we don't understand. It's because of our lack of depth in our relationship with Him. And if you're at a place in life where your, your head is spinning because you don't know all the answers, you don't, you don't need to. You just need to know Him. Well, that sounds too simple. Isn't that amazing that He made it that simple? You know, my little girl's the last thing on their mind is how food is paid for. The last thing on their mind is how they have electricity. The last thing on their mind is how there's gas in the car. You know what they know? They know mom and dad love them, and mom and dad take care of them. And it's a done deal for them. Listen, your heavenly father loves you. Your heavenly father will take care of you. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. 
So when you face the storms of life, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. But I know this, there are people in here today and there are people that are watching online that you've got to take that step and allow God to make that final resolution in your heart. You've got to forgive. You've got to heal. You've got to take a step past that. You've got to learn to trust in Him with the things that you don't fully understand. Because there's only so much we're going to understand on this side of eternity. We think we know so much, but really we know so little. I would rather trust a God that is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. That stands outside of time and sees what has happened, what's happening now, and what will happen. God who's in control of all of it. I would rather trust him than, than me on my best day. Who am I to think that my wisdom even begins to compare to the depth of the wisdom that he has? The oldest person in this room, we might be in our 80s. What is 80 years of life experience compared to an eternity? I'll trust him all day long. And I want to encourage you to do the same to you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We've covered a lot of ground and dug into a lot of stuff today. Are you here today and you've allowed the issues and the troubles of life to become your identity? You wake up every day waiting for something horrible to happen to you because that's just what happens to you. You wake up ready for the next person to mistreat you because that's just how people treat you. You fight and you claw and you scramble and you try your best to hold on to any shred of control of what's happening in life instead of trusting the Lord. You don't have to live life like that. Jesus died so you wouldn't have to live life like that. Are you here today and you need to forgive? Are you here today and you need to change your perspective? Put your eyes back on the Savior that loved you so much to die for you, but loved you too much to leave you where you are today. Don't let where you are right now be the sum total of your existence on this earth. You were meant for so much more. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Do you need Jesus to help you with whatever that blank is in your life? To heal, to restore, to just to step out and trust and know that he's got you. If you're here and you need that, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. Pastor Josh, Pastor Josh, I need to move on. I need to forgive. I need to be restored. I need to move past the issues in my life. I need to step out and trust. Jesus is the solution to all of it. On the count of three, if that's you, you know, you know, you know 
You're covering it up. You're putting on a good face. And I'm here to tell you that God wants to heal and restore it completely today. Because he sees it all. And he cares too much about you to let you walk out of here without giving you the opportunity for change. On the count of three, if that's you, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart right now, you know. On the count of three, if that's you, lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look. I see yours. 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 Praise God. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see yours in the back. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. It's a lot of us. It's a lot of us. Now, I know with every lifted eye, there's something different that's represented. That's going to be between you and the Lord, okay? It'll be between you and the Lord. You know what it is. This is what I know. The Bible says that there is freedom in his presence. Amen? All across this place, I want you to lift your hands up, whether you lifted your eyes or not. I believe maybe there was some that didn't that needed to. Maybe that's part of your problem. You just don't like to admit that you need help. Lord, break that pride in the name of Jesus. Let's all begin to worship him. As the band begins to play behind us, let's worship the Lord. Let's release, let's forgive, let's step out in trust, and let's allow him to move powerfully in our hearts. Okay. 
heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. It's in this moment of worship. I got one more question for you today. How is your relationship with Jesus? Is it where it needs to be? And I'm not talking about settling issues of life or issues of trust in your relationship with Him. I'm talking about is your relationship with God real and active and where it needs to be? Or are you just coming to church? Maybe you just tuned in to this live stream or you're listening to this podcast later. How is your relationship with Jesus? And the beauty about that question is you know the truth right now. Either it's real, either it's active, or it's not. It's like if I was to ask, how's your relationship with your wife? You would know the truth. It's either great or you got some stuff there that's a problem. How's your relationship with God? Is it great or is there some stuff on your end that needs to happen? I'm not talking about, do you believe in God? Do you go to church? The Bible actually says that the demons in hell believe in God and tremble with fear. Believing in God or believing in a deity never got anyone into heaven and it never will. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is he Lord and Savior of your life? Either he is or he isn't. The heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I just felt impressed to ask this question and to give us an opportunity to get this right. If you're here today and you know you know Jesus is not really Lord and Savior of your life, but you want Him to be. You know that your relationship with God isn't what it needs to be, but you want it to be. When I count to three at that shoe, I want to give you an opportunity to get that right, right now, today. And this is for you. You know I'm talking to you. Let down the defenses, let down the guard. Just let God do something beautiful in your life today. On the count of three, if that's you, lift your eyes up and look at me. I want to pray with you today. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me if that's you in the place today. It's a little bit longer. I see yours. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet and you know you need to, lift them up and look at me. Just be real. Just be real. This is a safe place where we can get this right, right now. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet, you know you need to. Lift them up. Last time, lift them up and look at me. Let's get this right today. Pastor Josh, I know I am not ready to stand before God right now, but I want to be. All right. This is what we're going to do today. I want to pray this prayer, and I want everyone in the place to pray this and repeat it after me. And if you lifted your eyes, you know who you are. I want you to pray this and mean it from your heart, and let's get this right before God. We're going to pray it with you because at Eastgate, no one walks alone, and we've got your back here as a church family. So I'm going to pray this, and everyone repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. You see the truth about me. Not what I want people to see, but the real me. 
And thank you for sending your son to die for the real me. Thank you for loving me the way that I am. But thank you for loving me too much to leave me this way. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. You are in control of my life. I choose now to repent of the sin of my life. I don't want it. I choose you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the relationship that I can have in you. Let's praise God for what just happened in that person's life today. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Father. You're worthy, God. How many of you love Jesus? Yeah? I love my Lord. I love my Lord. Let me pray over you. We're going to get ready to dismiss today. Good word today? Did it challenge you? Good. Good deal. That's what we want to do. Let's take a step every week and become the person God has called us to be. Let me pray over you and dismiss you. Listen, men, don't forget an information meeting for the camping trip right here. These two rows right here. Um, it probably won't take 10 minutes to take care of all the info. Make sure you guys have what you need, and then we'll let you go on your way, okay? Um, golly. Hey, what do you say we go out of here this week? Turn the world upside down for Jesus. Come back in here having brought some people with us so that God could impact their lives. What do you say? Sound good? Yeah. Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word, for what you're doing in our lives, for what you're doing in this church, Father. Lord, for who you're challenging us to become. Lord, I thank you for the healing, for the restoration, for the encouragement, Father. Lord, for the hope that you gave today, for the new perspective that you gave today, Father. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are enough. In your name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let's give God some praise one more time. Let's give him some good praise in the house. Everyone online, thank you for tuning in. We love you. We'll see you next week. God bless.